Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is episode six. Yeah, episode six, but there's no, there was no episode to recap for Sister Wives because of Super Bowl. So we have a special treat for you instead. This is a financial deep dive into the Brown family money bags. <laughs> well, my special treat's going to be root beer and vanilla vodka. Oh, you have vanilla? I do. I didn't see that. I just have regular vodka. With your busted ass regular vodka. Oh, well. So Swing we are a miss. Still- Swing and a miss, Carly. Still drinking heavily. Yeah. But not recapping a new episode of Sister Wives. No, there was no new episode. All right. So I'm going to start this episode with a disclaimer. The information we are sharing today is based on public records that I was able to locate, news articles, various resources available on the internet. Do not take any of this information as the gospel. Not like the, not like the Browns do. They'll take anything that's written on golden tablets and and they'll just, they'll take it immediately as gospel. This is all pure speculation, but we are going to give you some hard numbers and try to back into exactly how these people are managing to afford all of these homes. Because it's, it's a question that's on everyone's minds and I see it come up on Reddit on a daily basis for season 14 in particular, is just why have the Browns decided to up and leave their cul-de-sac paradise in Vegas to risk everything on this move to buy a plot of prairie dog plague land in Flagstaff, Arizona, and attempt to build one biggie mondo shitter of a house. Those are the questions. It's Everybody's asking. So let's jump in. I think the best place to start is for us to give a brief overview of the Brown family financial history. 
Yeah. Learn me a thing or two about so where do we start with this? This is this is going way back now because obviously the Browns are not finance minded people and they never have been and I don't think they ever will be. So let's let's take this back and see how much history we can we can kind of summarize here. So we're going to rewind back to the days before the TLC cameras ever showed up to the Brown family home. We're going all the way back to June 2005. Pre-recession. Pre-recession. Pre-grayscale scene for us to recall. I'm going to put the grayscale filter on our audio here. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it, but I'm putting it on. So back in 2005, Cody and Mary declared bankruptcy. They declared it. They didn't just say it. They declared it. Back at that time, Cody was working in some form of advertising, which we see again coming out in his strong suit of foam core board presentations. Mm. Yeah, you know, we still don't really know what he does on a daily basis. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Literally nobody knows. Yeah, he's a man of mystery. International man of mystery. It has not been reported. Maybe that's what he is. Maybe Cody works. For the CIA? For the CIA. Hmm. He's undercover. Did I mention that most Maybe of this... he's on a never-ending episode of Undercover Boss. Ooh, that's why he's got bad hair. It's all a wig. It's a wig. It's a disguise with the makeup, with the hair. Then he rips it off and he just looks like Heisenberg. Oh, yeah. He's out cooking meth somewhere <laughs> in the desert. He's in the RV with, with Jesse. Jesse! It's just lots of cash flow. Oof. That explains what's going on here. That must be it. I apologize for all the amount of ice... Rustling in glass that you're going to hear this episode. You better cut that out. We're going to get so many complaints. (sighs) Y'all wanted it to be discussional. This is what we're discussing. (laughs) All right. At the time also, Mary worked as an engraver. Engraver. An engraver? (laughs) She was was an undertaker? She, She chiseled the names into people's gravestones. That's what she did? I had no idea. Carly, you didn't tell me this. This is a bombshell. I don't know what to make of this. Close. Um, She was engraving words into awards, not graves. (laughs) Like Little League trophies? Yeah, that's Mm. it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it doesn't look like that pays well. So if that was your plan for a future career path, I would say hold off. Yeah, I'd declare bankruptcy too. (laughs) All right. So you would think that that would be... Enough bankruptcies in one family, but that's only one of the two, because Christine also filed bankruptcy in 2010, again, before the TLC cameras showed up. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What was going on in Christine's life in 2010 that she needed to file for bankruptcy? Well, we learn back in season five when they're trying to qualify for the homes that Christine didn't have much experience paying her own bills. It sounds like she was pretty sheltered. Yeah. Even throughout the episode, they know the importance of the fact that they're trying to qualify for these houses and they cannot screw their credit up any further than it already is. And she makes some late payments. So paying bills on time, paying bills at all. Not exactly Christine's strong suit. Yeah, and I guess when you've when you've been raised in a community where basically you're instructed that the only thing that you're good for is popping out kids and being subservient to a man, then yeah, it's it's tough to pay bills and be independent. So I can't blame I can't fault her for that. It's tough to pay bills, period, when you have like eighteen children running around. I don't like doing it and I don't have kids. So That is the bedrock of the Brown family financial situation as we move into them trying to qualify for the homes in Las Vegas. Janelle and Robin, too? So Janelle, there's nothing really there's nothing really on as far as a negative financial history. Okay. Definitely not to the extent of what we see with Mary, Cody, and Christine. And soon to be Robin. And Robin, I am leaving until this section. Since she wasn't part of the family way back when. And her issues with finances come out as they're working on getting these homes in Las Vegas. Whoopsie doopsie. Whoopsie doopsie. Rockin' Robin, not so good. Also, can I just give a piece of advice here? Before you enter a marriage, whether it be monogamous marriage, a polygamous marriage, understanding the state of somebody's financial affairs is important to know before you sign any papers and make it legal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Although I guess this wasn't a legal marriage at the time, so they could have kicked her to the curb when they saw her FICO score, but they're not that smart, so they didn't do that. Honestly, who could have blamed them at that point? Nobody. Looking at the state of affairs as they are working towards getting the four homes in Vegas in 2012, we find out that Robin has a lot of credit card debt. And I'm not talking a little bit of debt. She's got a number of cards that are charged up. The most pressing of which is a card with $4,000 on it, which is going to be the make or break for her being able to qualify for a home at all. Oof. Which uh, which card was that? Because I think I know about one of them. So they you told me. They don't specify on mm. the show, but we do know that there was a Victoria's Secret Angel card with a substantial balance on it. What was it, 30K? You know, that's what I've seen. I find it hard to believe that she would ever qualify for that much money on a card. Her balance would definitely never be that high. I mean, if you're not buying stuff on sale, it can (laughs) add up pretty quick, I guess. It does add up pretty quick at Victoria's Secret. So Robin's finances are so bad because, I don't know if you all know, but she got a divorce. Mm. And it was a nasty divorce. Mm -mm. So nasty that she took... All of the marriage debt to, quote, keep the peace. I personally have never been divorced, but I don't think that's how divorce works. Is that how divorce works? 
where somebody just assumes all of the debt so that way they can divorce It doesn't if you're smart, but she's not a negotiator. So she ends up with all of the marital debt, including the $4,000 that I mentioned, and a sub-600 credit score. Okay. Proud owner. So when they're buying the houses in Vegas or or trying to at least... We're not even buying them at this time. Not step. yet. We're no. trying to just, this is just pre- get a pre-qualification. Let's get, let's get a pre-approval <laughs> and then a pre-qualification. So at the time, Robin has two weeks to bring that credit score up, or it's very unlikely that she is going to get pre-approved for her house in Vegas. And where we go one, we go all... To the poor house. To the poor house. So if Robin cannot get qualified for her home, none of them get the homes. Mortgages should be multiplied, not divided. (laughs) Speaking of mortgages, it's a big mystery as to how they mortgaged these homes. This I'm very excited to talk about because this has been low-key the answer to everyone's question about the Flagstaff move, personally in my opinion. Again, just want to state this is speculation, but it seems to me that you have a group of four people who either have decent credit Subpar. Subpar, basically in the shitter credit. And they're trying to qualify for four homes. And these are not cheap homes. These are all homes that are over $400,000 a piece. Because then we're talking about Mary and Cody filed for bankruptcy in 2006, pre-recession. Then they bought that house in Utah. Then they were underwater with that house because they couldn't move it. They had to leave in a hurry and, and retreat into exile. Right, so they rented it. So they they tried to rent it out, but I mean, it's a weird polygamist house. There's a reason why it wasn't doing so well, and it sat on the market for another 10 years. (laughs) It wasn't great. So you're thinking that 2006, if there's going to be like the worst time to file for bankruptcy, that's probably it. To file for bankruptcy and then saddle yourself with an inflated mortgage. 2006, that's the year to do it. That's an interesting point. I wonder if they bought the home before they... Oh, no. So 2005 was when they... Oh, 2005. Was when they... they Filed for bankruptcy. Filed for bankruptcy. Still. Not great. Yeah, but it's interesting that they bought a house so soon after. I mean, who knows who was on the mortgage, but... Yeah, it's probably Cody's dad. (laughs) So... He's not big on Christmas, but he's big on signing for mortgages. So back to the question of the mortgages. These had to be subprime mortgages. I mean, Without a doubt. These are not quality applicants buying no. these homes. No. Um, so the the big Janelle, yeah, but like you said, where we go on, we go all and we're going into subprime. Yeah, and Christine actually ends up qualifying with no problems at the time. So it seems like whatever issues she had with her finances, she's cleaned them up or at least cleaned them up to the point that there was no storyline to talk about in comparison to Robin's horrifying credit history yeah Um, christine remembered to pay the one water bill that she forgot for a month and now she's good christine's good but what aren't good are balloon mortgages what the fuck is a balloon mortgage i've never bought a house i don't know what that means okay i'm gonna do my best to explain this so again think of the concept of a balloon when you start to blow air into it and it starts to inflate it inflates at the smallest point and then it expands and gets larger as you get to the top of the balloon. Buying a house blows. That's what I've gathered so far. <laughs> Continue. All right. So the concept of a balloon mortgage 
is that for the first, like, I think it's five to seven years, it depends on the term you choose, your payments are very small because you're essentially just paying the interest on the home. Then over time, you get to the point where you approach that end of your term mark. And when that comes, everything that's due on the house, the principal, any outstanding interest is due right then and there. In total? In total. It doesn't it doesn't jump up to a new monthly minimum of hey here's your interest plus the principal. No. You literally owe cash money on that house. You either have to sell the house so that you can pay off the mortgage or you can pay the mortgage outright if you have the funds. Option 3 would be to refinance. Mm. Which questionable whether that's an option when you have four houses. I don't know who's on all of the mortgages. I would think maybe Cody's on all of them. And who knows what their credit is from the time that they qualified from the houses and bought them to the time that now we're looking at selling the houses. So if we're talking about timelines, so when they were looking for these houses in Vegas and signed for these, what year was that? 2012. So if they had a seven-year deal for the balloon mortgage, Mm -hmm. that would plop them right into 2019. Right. And we're watching footage from 2018. Right, because this was Christmas 2018. Mm-hmm. So they know that that very real payment is coming up and they're going to have to pay the piper. It stands to reason that it's very possible, based on what we know about balloon mortgages, that the timing seems to be lining up pretty well for it to have been a possibility that the writing was on the wall, as Cody says, and that they were about to make some big ass payments that they couldn't afford to make. Because here's the other thing, too. In 2012, when they were making these deals on these houses, what season was that? That was five? Yes. In TLC? So they had to think, oh, we've got a lot more of this show to go. This this is going great. And, and they did. They did. Why wouldn't they keep the cash cow coming in with the TLC money? Hey, we'll be able to pay this off later. It's possible that, I don't know, again, nobody knows what the Browns are getting paid for being on TLC. Speculative, though. There are some estimates that they're making under $200,000 a season. For this season. For this season. What they've made in the past, whether those numbers are accurate, who knows. I tried to do some digging, and it looks like the only person who's been on TLC who's been able to actually share and verify any information about their salary was John Goslin from Kate Plus 8. Well, John and Kate Plus 8 <laughs> back in the day when uh, they were in their unfortunate marriage. Oh, boy. So TLC keeps their numbers, their salary numbers, under wrap. And I'm sure part of that is so that is so that cast members can't communicate with one another and then use that information as leverage when they go in to renegotiate their salaries for oh, another a- season. Absolutely. Or their contracts. Absolutely. Yeah, producers don't want you to know. No. So we'll never know. They'll never know probably what anyone else makes on TLC. We can only guess. And if you ask me, $180,000 for a year is a pretty nice paycheck. It would be significantly lower if they've taken that as 180 for everyone versus more than that per person who right. was involved. It would be a significant decrease now. And this show did have really good ratings when it first started. Oh, so yeah. I would totally assume that they were getting paid more than that at some point in history yeah of just from viewing on for 14 seasons just from viewership ad revenue alone potential yeah one thing i'll say is if that number is true 
I hope that those kids are getting paid something separate and that it's being put into a trust for them, for them to use for college expenses or vehicles or whatever it may be as they get older to give them a start in life because they've spent a lot of time on TV growing up. I feel like all their money is going to be tied up in one big house. One big house that nobody wants to live in. If anybody is a mortgage broker, a real estate agent, has more information on this than we may have, or understands these topics better, please feel free to send us an email. Tweet us, email us, whatever. Yeah, reach out, reach out to us. Correct us, please. Please. We would love to learn. We're all learning together on TLC. We're all, and we're all getting through this together. That's The Learning Channel. I mean, we didn't call this Surviving Sister Wives just because it sounded good. It's, it's because we're all surviving this madhouse together. It's a madhouse. So speaking of a madhouse, um, the houses back in Vegas that they purchased in 2012 were all about $440,000 a piece. Mary's was more expensive, as we know, because she needed the wet bar. But looking at an analysis that I pulled together of the purchase prices for the homes and then the listing prices that they went out into the market with and the bottom line of what they made. Let's revisit, if you will, a moment in history. It's another grayscale, black and white flashback on our podcast. Cody is standing in front of another foam core board, hair askew, pointing like a madman. And in the background, it says on that beautiful foam core board that they're crazy not to sell the houses now because they're going to make a profit of seven figures. Low seven figures, guaranteed. Million bucks. Easy cash. A million bucks. So anybody who can do math knows that that means that he thinks that they're going to list these houses for around $700,000 a piece. That is quite a lot of equity for four builder-grade homes that have been lived in by two dozen people. <laughs> Tronced upon and put through the ringer. Yes. Tr- trounced. Trounced? 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 Tronched? Tronched. Yeah, we could probably learn a thing or two about tranches, too. Oh, my God. Cody is investing in tranches. <laughs> tranches. Tr- tranches. I just remembered what tranches. Yeah, we learned what a tranche is. We saw the big short. You know what that is. Oh. It's dog shit. It's cat shit inside of dog shit. That's what these houses so are. So people are just walking through these houses, not just kids, not just adults. They got film crews who are taking their dirty boots through here, everything. Which is probably, oh, yeah, because we were talking about Mary's house needing cosmetic repairs. And we were like, what the fuck does that mean? It was probably, it's probably her house that has the big couch that they all sit on. Probably. That's probably all rigged with lights and things to make uh. it the sound better in the room and everything that's like a set in the background that's always set up it's all staged there's no way that they set that up and tear it down every time that they come and you know they're not doing that at robin's house (laughs) no there's too many small children running around right she sleeps till noon the film crew's got to get in there a little bit earlier in the day you got to set up yeah ahead of time always they should have had the farah abraham rules where you have to wear like little booties over your boots and you have to go to the bathroom outside in a porter potty. Yeah, Porter John. Yeah. Then maybe they wouldn't need cosmetic work. Well, they could have dug the hole for the retaining wall and just used that as the uh, the pissing hole. You just squat the over it. The pissing trench? Yeah, if you squat over it if you need a number two. <laughs> Jeez. Pinch one off. Get back to work. <laughs> All right, looking back at these houses. Speaking of pinching one off. 
So again, let's recall, Cody thought they were going to make like a million dollars off of these houses. Looking at the original listing prices, and again, we're watching this happen on the show now. With $40,000 pay cuts here and there. So Janelle and Christine list their houses first, and they're up at a whopping $675,000 for Christine's house and $649,000 for Janelle's house. That's up there. That's a lot of money. It's aggressive. They are not priced to sell. No. So as we know, they don't sell for that much. Um, And we're seeing that they're already having to cut the prices a couple, well, it's not a couple months, it's six months in now. It's been a few months. It's been a few months that the house has been on the market, blah, blah, blah. They're cutting them pretty significantly. And we know Robin and Mary are very concerned because their houses haven't even been listed yet. So what do they end up listing their homes at, you ask? Robin lists her home for $619,900. And you needed that extra 900. Needed that 900. And Mary 599,900. Okay. So altogether, that's about 2.5 million dollars. So is Mary bottom bitch on that equation? Mary is the bottom bitch in that equation. Hmm. And she had that wet bar, did not retain its value. See, you know, when you're building a home, you got to think about these things. Yeah. Return on investment. Bathrooms, kitchens. Not but so was the wet, wet bar, bar in the kitchen? Wet bar, I, yeah, it was in the kitchen. And it ate up counter space, though, as we learned with Christine, right? You got to keep that counter space for the love making. <laughs> Looking at what the houses sold for, Robin. Oh, God. Is the lucky winner. Her house sells first. Robin sells her house for $609,000. So just over $609,000. Yeah. There's some, there's $26 at the end there that I guess was make or break for the deal. For uh, Victoria's Secret funds. Maybe more of those scary Oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas decoration. Yeah. Account. Just put it on. Just put it on my tab. (laughs) My master account. Janelle sells her home for $575,000. Good on you. Mary, $575,000. She did her best. (laughs) And Christine is the big loser here. Her home sells last and... Only for $535,000. First one in, last one out. When, let's recall, the original asking price was $675,000. So it's like $150 less. So what we netted on these homes is 2.2. It's over 2.2. But um. So they net? Oh, net. Okay. Not profit. No, not profit. The Browns only end up making... $500,000 on these homes. Yeah, because when you keep lowering the price of the house that you're selling, but you still owe what you mortgaged it for, you're making less money. I had to explain it for Robin. So <laughs> Maybe they'll listen to this episode to understand their finances. Yeah, I feel Wouldn't like Wouldn't that be is... some shit? Yeah. That'd be very meta. So, again, we were supposed to make a million dollars. We make $500,000. Things are already off to a poor start. And then as we know, they purchase the land in Coyote Pass before these homes even sell for a cool $820,000. So they have not even made enough off of these homes to pay for the land. It's 14 acres and a pond, a drainage ditch. Correct. Um, I did look up the records for these and I can confirm that it was purchased in four lots. So what that means for the zoning, I don't know, but they are definitely purchased 
and broken out into four different pieces. That was just so that Cody could tell everyone that they were going to have four different houses. And he was just trying to do one big house from the get-go. So Janelle and Cody purchased their piece, which is 2.4 acres. Cody and Robin, 2.42 acres. Cody, Janelle, and Mary, 4.48 acres. And Cody, Robin, and Christine, 5.16 acres. Pushing the credit to the limit. Yeah, there's definitely some creative accounting going on here as far as who's on what pieces, whatever, however they decided to split it up for whatever reasons. But if it's 800000 for just the land, yep. how is that, what is that mortgage like? So I didn't attempt to figure out the mortgage on this for the fact that it split into four, it was four different sales. Yeah. Um, and the property prices varied. So I just didn't bother to dig into that. Um, We can just assume it's quite a large payment. One thing I did look into, since it seems that there's been reports that they were not paid up on their taxes on the land, is that it looks like they are now. So if at some point they had some issues with finances while they were trying to sell the homes. They were waiting for houses to sell. Yeah, they've obviously... Their money has to be tight, as we'll get into. They've been outspoken about with, that. With the rental homes and the payments in Vegas. So I guess at some point, perhaps they relate on their um, their taxes for the land. But it's all up to date now. And that's just going off of public and these records. Are not, these are oh. not big payments. We're talking $700 on some of these pieces and 1000 on the other two. Well, yeah, just leave those until they pile up. And that's per, for six months, but... Right. Yeah, just leave those till they pile up and actually make a threatening total, and then we'll deal with them. So that's our first purchase in Flagstaff. Coyote Pass was purchased in June of 2018. Now, the next purchase we have is Christine's home. The one that they had to purchase because they couldn't find a rental that was pet-friendly for the dog that they didn't have yet? Correct. So this house they bought in September of 2018 for $520,000. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they put 20% down on the home. I highly doubt it. That's about a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. At least. So we can think of that as our first our first stake in the ground with payments as we try to back into what they owe every month that they're in Flagstaff. Ooh, this will be some fun math. Yes. Mary's McMansion. Um, so not the first home that we saw that she got kicked out of in one day. Right. But home number two up on the hill, the troll home. Um, yeah, house on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. With the elevator. Is four bedrooms, three baths, 400,000. 400,000 square feet. <laughs> is four bedrooms, three baths, and 4,200 square feet. From what I can tell from online listings, it looks like the rent was around $2,900 a month. I did listen to an interview with Cody where he tries to explain this away as saying the house was less expensive than the others that they were renting. What others were they renting? Janelle's? Janelle's and, and Robin's? Robin's. So speaking of Janelle's rental, 2,300 square feet. So we're at like half of Mary's rental. Three bedrooms. It had a room that was a convertible room that could have been a fourth bedroom and it was fully furnished. $2,900 a month. So right about the same spot as Mary, but if half the square footage. Right. So if that's true, man, Janelle's getting ripped off. And Mary's getting a deal. Yeah. Janelle should have waited a little longer. Yeah, you get a waterfall. 
Could have had a waterfall, an elevator, two master suites. Four closets full of LuLaRoe. Another wet bar. Easy. Easy. A driveway that Cody can't back up. Robin's rental. Ready for this one? You're going to pass out. Oh, God. 6,700 square feet. Seven bedrooms. Six bathrooms. How many kids does she have? Three? (laughs) No. Five. Five. Five kiddos up in that house. So Robin's rental looks like it was $3,500 a month. Plus, I saw a security deposit of over $5,000. Again, whether or not that's really what she paid, who knows? But they do not stay in this house. Spoiler alert. Season 14 spoiler ahead. The house was listed and sold in August of 2019. The one that she was renting? The one that she was renting sold. Which brings us to... She didn't buy it, did she? She did not buy it. Oh, thank God. They bought a different house. Because why rent again? Right. This is the mysterious house that many people online were speculating was for a fifth sister wife. Okay. But the timing plays out perfectly to where they would have known that they were going to need to move out of this house because it was going to be listed and that they were going to need to be moving. They bought this house in July. So again, they purchased this one in July. The rental sold in August. Okay. So it had to be on the market. That makes sense. Yeah. This house is five bedrooms, four baths. It's on four acres of land and it's 4,300 square feet. So poor Robin had to downsize. Oh. But again, almost $900,000 this home. The only good news is that at this point, three of the four houses in Vegas have sold. All but Christine's. Remember? Right. In this sister wife's timeline. And so far, they would have had a profit of over $400,000. So they're doing okay. Doing way better than they normally do. So (laughs) doing better than they normally do. That's right. We're surviving. They're thriving. So that explains the mysterious house. It's not as juicy as you would have hoped it was. I was really hoping for number five, honestly. That really would have spiced things up this season. Robin's just got another house. Again. No big deal. Is this the smartest financial decision when you've already purchased? Now you've purchased two homes. Two separate homes in Flagstaff that are at least 30 minutes away from each other. Plus Coyote Pass. $800,000. I mean, we're talking a lot of money here. So looking at the payments, and I did this pre-Robin's home purchase, just to make things a little simpler, but I'm assuming her mortgage payment is pretty close to that rental cost. If not more. And this is not including any cost for a Coyote Pass. We're looking at over $11,000 a month just in the rental and mortgage payments for Mary, Janelle, Christine, and Robin in in Flagstaff. That doesn't factor in utilities either? No, that's just straight. Or cost of living and meaning food, transportation, things like that. This is just housing shelter needs. Correct. And now remember, they also have the Vegas mortgages on top of that, which I would assume have to be around 2000 each. Well, if they're on a balloon payment, the interest might, well... Interest on five hundred thousand? Yeah, you might be. Yeah, you might be right in there. Complete estimate. Very possible that they're spending twenty thousand dollars a month at this point. Probably more because I don't have Coyote Pass in there. He's, well, yeah, significantly more. Yeah, but again, any bit of error that may be in there with maybe the rental prices being lower than what I saw listed online or whatever. But then you still got, like I was saying, cost of living. Oh yeah, food 
Transportation. Pure, oh yeah, this is just pure shelter roof, costs. Roof over your head. So that's now, insane. That's, that's insane. Insane. So now looking at how are they making that happen? Yeah. What's is so if this is what the outbound is, we gotta we gotta know what's coming in. All right. So what's coming in? Again, nobody knows if Cody has a job outside of Sister Wives. International Man of Mystery. International Man of Mystery. CIA. Special Agent Cody. Right. He's probably raking in some big dollars there. Secret Agent Cody Brown. <laughs> Is that... Oh, that was... What was that Oh, that movie? was Cody Banks. Man, oh, so damn. close. That would have been too good. Mm-hmm. Secret Agent... sequel. Secret Agent Cody Banks. No, it's like the Hallmark Channel original movie version of when he's an adult and has four wives. It didn't do well. All that aside... How are they making this happen? That's the question. It's a good question because I can't figure it out. I don't know. So, nobody, and nobody can say for sure, but we like to think that with our access to public records and Carly's intense Googling abilities, we have a general idea. I'm really good on the Goog. I know you are. That's why I trusted you with this. I just said, hey, we should do a financial update. And you went to town and put all this together. Oh, so. yeah. It was fingers to the keyboard in public records on county sites. Looking up news articles. You were like one of those people from Don't Fuck With Cats. Yes. You were going hard. I was. Looking up Google images and sale purchases and titles and I don't even know what was going on. Mapping pictures back to house listings and rental listings and all kinds of shit. Very impressive. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. We know that Mary and Christine both went on a LuLaRoe incentive cruise over the past year. And what it seems is that only the top sellers are invited on that trip. That's how how pyramid schemes work, guys. That is. If you are ever lured into a pyramid scheme. MLM. The thing that you need to know is that the people you see going on these cruises have a lot of people working under them. That's how a pyramid scheme works. It's an inverse funnel system. So the people at the top like Mary and Christine, are making a lot of money off the backs of people below them who make close to nothing. Mostly nothing. Actually, less than nothing because they have to buy the materials that they're trying to sell. And most of the time, it doesn't sell. What was the, what was the doc we watched on that? Oh, 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 oh. There, uh, I, we didn't watch no, it. No, we watched the trailer. Betting on zero. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herbalife. Herbalife, yeah. I kept thinking Nutrisystem. That's different. If if you want to learn anything about these types of scams, feel free to check out a doc called Betting on Zero. I didn't watch the documentary, but I did watch the trailer, and it looked very appealing. A lot of important information to learn there if you're ever going to have anybody ever approach you about trying to join one of these schemes. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a scam. You're going to lose a lot of money. Unless you're Mary and Christine who went on this cruise that was for sellers who made an average of $12,000 for four consecutive months. So based on that average, $12,000 per month for at least four months, you can take that as $12,000 per month Right. Let's just year. assume that that's how well they do. They have a huge mo- social media following. Because obviously it could be more than that. You just have to average 12000 over the four months. So it could be significantly more than 12000 per month that they actually Correct. pull in. Correct. So just assuming they make $12,000 a month, which again, purely speculative, they could be pulling in $144,000 a year. That's not that's, bad. That's not bad. 
that's at least a couple mortgage payments, but uh, we know that we know that they're signed up for a couple few, so there's still some room for a gap there. Again, let's just say twelve thousand dollars a month off of LuLaRoe. We're giving them a lot of credit here. Yeah. And then Cody's getting paid $180,000 for the season, or the family's getting paid it. Let's put it that way. Fair. Just in that income. So that's before we even talk about Janelle's income. Which we know that she's a, a successful realtor. And she's stated in past episodes that she was a breadwinner for the family. Yeah. So I would think she brings in quite a bit of money. And again, with real estate, it's kind of few and far between. Uh, it, you're dependent on, you know, for a few months, you're not going to have any income. But then when you do get a big sale, then it's a large amount of money in a short amount of time. So just looking at Cody, Mary, and Christine, we're talking about possibly $39,000 a month. That's impressive. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. So again, More than I this mean, podcast, let me this- tell you. It's definitely more than the pod. Sorry to break it to you guys. It's more than our full-time jobs. (laughs) So it definitely seems like they they have the money to make this happen. Are things probably tight? Oh, yeah, because we're just talking again. The numbers that we quoted earlier don't include Coyote Pass. Cody wouldn't be there if it wasn't tight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go vom now. And we didn't talk about Robin's income. That's because Robin has none. Oh, but she contributes to the family, which is true. Oh, it was great. So in one of the episodes that I was rewatching. She, ban- she does contribute to the family. She bangs Cody so nobody else has to. <laughs> she is the human sacrifice. Oh, my God. She is on the altar of Coyote Pass, right in the middle of that drainage ditch. I'm so disturbed. Just... I forgot my... Just Cody and his loincloth. I forgot my entire train of thought because of that. You're welcome. Derailed. (laughs) Cody and his loincloth covered in prairie dog mud. (laughs) Mud butt. What was I going to say? Droopy diaper. So the numbers that we gave earlier, again, those were just shelter costs, we can call them. (laughs) That's not including food clothing, anything else that you would vehicles. need. Yeah, I'm sure. Can you imagine all the car payments they have? Car payments add up quickly. And then, yeah, heating and cooling of all these right, large utilities. square footage. So feeding children. It may sound like there's a lot of money here, but I think it's pretty tight. So I think that's kind of a fair assessment. But just, again, an overview of the financial situation, because everybody kept asking, how is this possible? Why are these people moving to Flagstaff, Arizona? Was and this a smart idea? Was it the no. right move? No. It was the right move for what they had in their situational awareness. The hypothetical move that Cody had on that board sounded great. Was that what played out? No. But they were running away from a balloon payment situation. It was going to explode in their laps. Possibly. It was possibly going to explode in their laps. Again... Just want to add that all of this information is purely speculative. Yeah. I can't say that enough. I don't want to see anybody on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook attacking people with these numbers as if they're true. Especially, please don't tweet well, not as, at not any as of the family no, and try to tell them about their finances because you heard it on a podcast. No, yeah. It's, it's not that you can't take it as true. Most of this is public record. It's just a matter of... 
don't take it as gospel. It's not the only thing that are... We are looking at a very small subset, very small portion of these people's lives. Obviously, the story that we get on TLC every week is not an accurate representation of what's going on 100% in their lives. We are only seeing the story that TLC producers and editors and production people are choosing to show us. We understand it's a reality TV show. That's why we make fun of it on a weekly basis. We just wanted to take a little bit of time while we had an extra week to put out an episode to kind of go over this in detail because a lot of people kept asking the same question. Why on earth would these people put themselves into this situation? And it seems like finances had a lot to do with it. I don't think we have a clear answer, really. I don't think we we ever will. We tried to put the puzzle pieces together the best that we could, but it's a pretty fucked up puzzle. Somebody's chewed some of the pieces. There are a couple missing. Yeah, it's all face down. It's one was it's soaked all in water. It's all misshapen now. Mm. Yeah, it's somebody started putting it together face down, and it's just all brown. It's literally the brown family puzzle, and it's all just face down. Just the back pieces. You actually physically have to size them in there because you can't base it off the picture. You can't base it off the image. Have you had enough? I have. Okay. I've had enough of them for now. All right, so that pretty much brings us to an end of the Brown Family Financial Fireside Chat Roundup here that we put together. What normally would have been an off week, but we wanted to make sure we kept delivering episodes to you guys because everybody has been giving us tons of positive feedback. They're loving the podcast. We're so excited to hear how much you're enjoying this and how much you want us to do more episodes. We're doing as much as we can right now, so we're still releasing one episode per week every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by leaving us a review on iTunes. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, don't forget to spread the word. Tell a friend about us. It's tax season. This was a financial update. Tell your accountant. Go listen to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at surviving underscore pod where we will be live tweeting next week's episode there's gonna be gifts aplenty thanks for listening share with friends see you next week Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.